At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Howdy, everyone. If you enjoy the show, join our free Discord. Link in the description and chat with the cast. Please leave a review and consider joining our Patreon for behind-the-scenes content and more. Tears start at a dollar, and even that helps us out. To stay up to date with episode releases and more, follow us on Twitter at Riffway Podcast. Good evening, Rifters. This is Rifts and Realms, the 5e D&D podcast where we discuss all you need to know about world building. From gods and demons to mountains and molehills, I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master and creator of Riftway. I'm Josh, your co-host and fellow Dungeon Master, world builder, fantasy enjoyer, and story and setting creator. I'm the Zan. So today we'll be talking about making a story versus making a setting. Yeah, um, we just kind of wanted to get into this a little bit because um, you have different things that you're going to do whenever uh, you are just trying to tell a fun story with your friends or make a very small, maybe three or four shot or even a one shot. Um, You don't necessarily need to create an entire in-depth world for your stories like that. so making a story requires a very different tool set or a very different mindset towards creating an entire setting that you want to be feel lived in and be explored and uh, utilized for many, many, many years to come or even, even many months to come. Because what we kind of boil it down to is a story is a specific plot and a setting is a place where many stories are happening in tandem. Yeah. Uh, so, like the Lord of the Rings, what Frodo and you know Sam are doing is one story happening in the greater setting of Middle Middle Earth. Yep. Is that a reference that you got, Nathan? I know you yes. don't watch I, I, movies. I, I, no, but I read. I read. So oh, I, of I course, read reading. Books. I forget. I forget. Reading is a thing people do. Wow. <laughs> okay, so let's see. Why don't we talk about creating a story, Josh? 
First thing that we wanted to say is that the story is a specific plot that is constructed. Um, it can be a one shot. It could be maybe something that takes place over a long period of time. Um, but you have a very specific thing that you want to tell. Um, usually you can associate this with like the hero's journey. The heroes start on something, they suffer, they get it done, they come back home. Um, right. Or it, it ends whenever everything gets resolved. Um, because sometimes the return journey isn't as interesting and characters... But, but that's like a fun little epilogue moment for characters as I well. I mean, there's a multitude of ways to handle stories, especially when it comes to uh, in, in your DMing slash... Uh, um, what do you call it? In your DM slash uh, games? Writing? because Yeah, yeah. In, in your writing. Because like... Um, Generally speaking, how I would put it is that very often you have a multitude of different uh, plots going on at once. And what happens is that you might have this overarching goal, you arrive at a new place, and then you might have stuff that's tangentially related. Let's say, okay, um, you're, the thingamajig is in this city. And then you go to that city and it's like, we don't know where the thingamajig is, but... Um, you come across someone who might know it and they need help, you know, that kind of thing. And then that's like... Come across someone who might know it and they're being attacked by a vampire Yes, And so you gotta kind of like, okay, well... Maybe if I help them. (laughs) But uh, in other cases, you can have like some, like, basically little self-contained things out there, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, the key thing at the end of the day is that you know, stories are there so that I mean, that's the main, main, main thing you're playing the game for anyways. It's like, whoa, what's going on here? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> yeah. Because most of the time you're going to want a central story um, for the characters to kind of be tethered to as they run through the greater setting of the world and have their little fun distractions. But with the main idea, main main plot, still going on in the background, still advancing and everything, stuff like that. Yep. Um, so we kind of started off with it's like the very beginning of the story. Every story, it's generally you have, for player characters, you're going to have the meeting moment. Uh, you're all in a bar, you all took the same job, you're all in the same caravan. Um, in the hero's journey, generally, it's your you're kind of like already friends with a couple of people who are going on this adventure for you. Um, and some of them refuse the call completely. Like there's the friend that's not willing to go with you on the adventure. And when you come back, you're a changed person and they are not. Um, but basically the, the whole point of this first part is for characters to go into the unknown, into the unknown <laughs> copyright strike. Oh, no. <laughs> No! Uh, It's to go into the unknown, right? It's to uh, explore. It's to go on the adventure. It's to make that money, baby. Money, money, money. Money, money, money. Um, So that's the beginning of the story. And then as the story goes into its next phase, you start introducing slash creating characters. You have who the antagonists are, what their plans are, what they're going to be doing, the... uh, protagonists or like the people who are going to be helpful Um, because generally your characters are going to be protagonists um, but there's going to be in a story usually you have key NPCs that are there 
to pull the plot forward, to move the plot along, and to do the specific things. And players are generally going to be reacting to those things, right? Yeah. Um, if anyone has ever, ever used a module, like a pre-done module from Dungeons & Dragons, um, most of what the characters are doing is reacting to things that you introduce, right? It's reacting to the NPC that has the big thing that's happening, or uh, reacting to the event that happens right in front of them that they happen to be at. Um, yeah. And so the antagonist think- and protagonist that you kind of put in there kind of help pull the plot forward, move things along. And like, uh, like generally speaking, I think uh, there's different structures to the story, but generally speaking, like um, it can be a series of like think of it as it could be a series of self like quote unquote self contained things that have a tangential relation to the uh, bigger thing, or it could be this massive sort of very specific. Power, like very single straight line of ah you need to journey to the top of this um mountain to succeed in your mission or whatever whatever that might be right and mm-hmm. generally speaking just have it be this massive thing of every single step of the way and that all ties into the main that that's all just the main thing so mm-hmm. you can like there's different ways to have your story structured yeah, absolutely. Um, this is more of an overview of it's like very, very. I, I would say high level concept, low level instruction of mm-hmm. just putting together the story that you you want your players to have. Um, but with the characters that you now have in mind, with the characters that you've introduced your players or your fellows to. Uh, that's whenever the problems start kicking up. Protagonists are in trouble. Antagonists are ruining something. Uh, something's caught on fire. Oh shit! The world has changed for the worse. Um, because oh, no. it's part of that leading. You want the players to solve small problems as they begin to reach the big problem. Right. Start off yeah. weak, become stronger. Training, not necessarily like a training montage, but the sort of like training uh, arc. By the time they get to the end of the story where they're going to be fighting the big bad evil guy or they're going to be going up against the massive problem, uh, you kind of want them to have experienced smaller versions of the big bad evil guy, right? Uh, His minions, um, some version of his fight that's like weaker. Um, if he's a vampire count, have your players fight vampire spawns. Uh, if he's a death knight, have your, you know, have your characters fight aspiring champions and stuff like that. Um, that way, your main antagonist is special because he's a souped-up version of something they fought before, but not so alien that they feel like they don't know him or her or it. I mean... There's also something to be said about doing uh, basically either cutaways or somehow allowing the players to interact with the villain without the villain instantly the vi- murdering. <laughs> either the instantly the villain instantly murdering them, or if they are the kind of villain that isn't actually think think of them as the 
ah, I'm the mastermind kind of guy, mm-hmm. but I I reveal myself as like in like the uh, in disguise or some shit, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, or um, like a, a player masquer or a big bad masquerading as a friendly PC is a classic. Um, but also having a big bad who simply feels like there's no way for the heroes to succeed, and so why would he waste his time killing them? They're going to fail anyway. And if anything, this is the funnest he's had in decades. Yeah, like some, so there are some antagonists that I love like that. They're like, oh, this the world has not been interesting for years, and the fact that these ants are trying to stand against me is almost hilarious. I would I'm laugh so bored. if I wasn't so bored. So let's see what they can do. <laughs> come at me, bro. <laughs> come at come at me, bro. Um, oh, those are great. Like some, those are great yeah. villains. Um, and then after all the problems get introduced, you have your characters go against them, uh, and you create your resolution. The protagonist is saved. The protagonist you don't get there in time. The antagonists have been struggled against and either destroyed or lost to, uh, and. The world resolves itself to normalcy. Not necessarily the same normal it was before, um, but generally periods of extreme change are followed by periods of, you know, stagnation and normalcy. I mean, uh, that's what you can do. Or you can just be like me. You can be me. like, story's over. My my favorite thing um, to do is like have events slip into each other and kind of uh, be a chain reaction of uh, crap, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Everything sucks. Yeah, everything like, is awful. Everything is awful. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, because like one of my favorite things to do both on the setting and story level is essentially uh, do naturalistic, naturalistic cause and effect. But with a, what do you call that, chaotic tinge? Because my favorite thing to do is I don't really plan stories in advance so much as I basically players do stuff. And then, I mean, both at a game-to-game level and at the overall story level, find a conflict, right? Because that's what we, 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 like, that's what stories are built off conflict. So if you have something written down, but you feel like, ah, this, this would be such a, uh, so much more interesting use that instead. If a player says, you're doing this, aren't you? And then you're like, oh, thanks for the suggestion, and then you use it. Um, <laughs> because you son of a bitch, I mean. <laughs> because it's, because it's, it's um, better than what you had in mind. And yeah, so, you know, the kind of thing <laughs> where I, I like, uh, especially like especially for these kinds of things, I think it's best to be like flexible. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And then whenever your story has reached its conclusion, you finish it, right? The plot's resolved, the story is told, wham bam, thank you ma'am, we're done, let's call it quits here. It's been fun, everybody. I mean... But necessarily, stories don't have to always lead into one another, right? Like, um, a lot of the times a story of A will lead to a story of B, will result in a story of C. Um... But they, if if you want to keep going, yeah. um, but if you're just trying to tell one specific story, when you're done with the story, we close up shop. If they have more things that the, if the players and your friends have more things they want to know, 
can always write out a sequel, you know? Sequel. Uh, Sequels, let's go! Episode I mean, 2! Sometimes <laughs> you just find natural ending points. Uh, yeah. Where you kind of can't see the current state of things continuing. Right. You're like, why would, we, why would the adventurers keep going? It's done. <laughs> it's done. It's like, oh, he, 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 he was only an adventurer because he wanted to avenge his family. He, he has avenged his family. <laughs> family avenged his heck. We're good. No, uh, like, this soldier guy was only here because he, he didn't really willingly go into the war. He kind of was constricted into it. <laughs> the war's over. Why the fuck would he still be a soldier, you know? Right, exactly. Man likes painting. <laughs> He's going to go back home and paint. This guy wanted to be a bard. Why would he go back to the military? <laughs> oh, yeah. And sometimes you'll have these, like, natural conclusions to a character story and not necessarily the party's story, right? Where yeah. the character reaches a solid conclusion. Let's see here scratching my wife's chair. Um, where the characters reached a solid conclusion and uh, they're happy and there's a, you know, or, or you know, they're brokenly sad. Um, and there is a conclusion there where you're just like, I don't see why this character would push forward after this. And so that's whenever you make another character for the party to play with. Sometimes if someone loses their arm, maybe they, they, they quit. <laughs> maybe they you just know. decide they're done. You um, know, but yeah, like, I mean, there's other people who are like, right. oh, my character's happy, and so why would they keep risking their life? Or it's like, oh, my... Can, can this, you imagine? This is one more shitty thing in a line of shitty thing. My character's done. They're not He's gonna like, do nope, this anymore. It's not worth it. <laughs> I took this job because I thought it'd be an easy job and I'll get paid. I'm fucking uh, out of here. I'm the, not the, doing the, it. <laughs> the dick snake bit my dick off. I don't want anymore. I want to go home. <laughs> I want to go home. Mm -hmm. Mommy, where are you, mommy? <laughs> That's what Nathan said today during the D&D &D session. Yes, I said, he mommy, said, and he I said, cried. I want to go home. Mommy, where's my mommy? <laughs> exactly. Even though his character's mom is dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> where's your mom? About eight feet in the ground, dumbass. <laughs> Fun stuff. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Now, when you're making a setting, generally, your settings are going to be containing many stories being told all at once. Uh, you're creating an entire world in which the world itself is a character that develops, changes, and opposes and helps the characters along, right? Right. Um, so, like, what I would say is that a setting is very much, you're creating a world. So, it, the kind of writing you'll be doing compared to a narrative is rather totally different. Totally different. So, like, um, the main things that you have to consider is instead of just like, ah, um, how does the cause and effect of things happen? You're not just writing about that stuff. What you need to do is like think about oh, how does why are things this way? Think about the a bit of history so that it feels a bit more uh, well thought out. Because the thing is that writing about like the reasons as to why things are the way that they are creates a sort of natural logic the things that people though even if they don't know why it feels that way will know that it feels sort of cohesive you know right um, and and act like uh actually real in some way uh the other thing is that create the like there's different eras and generally what i mean by this is that the state of the world influences the state of the way things are in your stories right so what i mean by that is for example the time of the uh, demon war is going to be very different from the time yeah. of plenty it's like you, you go around it's like yeah guys um weapons are real real many weapons now yes yes <laughs> demon war and then um you go plentiful times hey guys we got so many um, we got so much fruit. <laughs> like, we got so much crap, you know. <laughs> I, the, the, we can just go to the next town over. No demons. What? Ooh, that's wild. No, that's no crazy. one's stabbing me in this, no, it, while I'm traveling. Oh my god! No one's tying me up and putting me in chains and carving ritual runes into my body to keep them safe. It's pretty wild. So cool. But so yeah, cool. that's the kind of thing. Is that? Thing, like the way that the world is affects your stories and the other thing is that like in line with that make the world that facilitates the kind of stories you want to tell um a world where everything's bunched up close together won't be the most conducive for long journeys obviously right but it could be very good um if you're trying to create a setting where the players are criminals and uh, things like the, the heat is ramping up on them, right? Like if things are tight and things are close and you're stacked on top of each other and there's a chance that you're going to see a cop or like a, a or there's a chance that you're like a rival gang is going to be able to find you because your hideout's been compromised and you can't move to another one because where are you going to move? Uh, those kinds of stories do tight on top of each other really well. Uh, yeah. Grand adventures where you're going to the um, the mines of Gurak Tan uh, to get the ancient amulet. It's it's less whenever that mine of Gurak Tan is 
about Two. 14 Two. feet away. He's <laughs> like, okay, guy, we're heading to get the, go to the mine of Gurak Tan. Oh, yeah, that's like a five-minute walk. That's like a five-minute walk to Gurak Tan, no problem. <laughs> yeah, we, we even have, like, a touristy bit, where, like, at the start, and then there's, like, all the cave systems, and they're like, you oh, look at this. You know Gurak Tan installed an elevator, right? Like, we don't have to yeah. go through all these floors. <laughs> we just go down the elevator, and then the amulet, it just spawns every 15 minutes. Yeah, it's, I mean... Like, yeah, you gotta fight, like, a big fight, but it's, like, really, if you have, like, four people or so, you get it done, like, half an hour. Yeah, and, like, um, you know, they have guilds for this, but I don't know why all the (laughs) guilds, like, for whatever reason, they all sound like 15-year-olds, and they (laughs) yell obscenities at you while they fight. It's just really, like, it's so weird, you know? They kept calling me a DILF, and I I don't 100% understand what that means. I think it's a compliment um but it felt they felt weird they were talking a lot about my body but they've never seen me i i i'm nervous actually i don't want to be associated with them anymore what are you doing <laughs> um somebody said Potter. anyway like, what, what's that <laughs> <laughs> anyway we were talking about a setting you got very distracted <laughs> in any case they said that my uh, penis was pogging, and I don't know. I don't what know how that I feel mean. about that. <laughs> I felt very unpoggers after they said that. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what it means, but I definitely felt the opposite of it. In any case, <laughs> like um, it's not just that. It's like the kind of the way that you want your setting to feel is very key to creating that like you need to write set things in a certain way to make them feel a certain way right yeah for example your fantasy if you write a way to create magical items that the way of creating them sounds very cool your magical items are probably going to be very cool because people are going to be like how do you make them and then you show them how it's made and they're like oh shit that's so cool (laughs) oh shit let's go um, uh, if you want your sci-fi to be very technical and you want to be like, ooh, um, untold bounds of technology, just be like, okay, I'm just going to take a page out of the um, building a, comp- a desktop PC and be like, oh, look, all these different components that can slot into each other. They all have different classifications that are all extremely convoluted. And you're like, <laughs> oh, yes, technical. Whoa. Ooh, technicality. I, I Okay, so I would say that the biggest difference when we're talking about a story versus a setting is that the story happens to your characters, and a setting happens around your characters. Yeah. Like, certain things, your characters are generally going to be too small to affect. Like, imagine, yeah. yeah, in the middle of the Great Depression and being like, oh, yes, um... I'm gonna fight the Economancer. <laughs> I would like to get the Economancer on the phone immediately. Yeah, um, but, but like, here's the thing: is that realistically, you, you, there's no one. Like, how do you fix that? You can't. And there's some things in the world that you just—it's beyond you. And uh, you need a systemic approach. Yeah, it's not uh, something that just can't be fixed. It's like, oh, look, there's locusts killing the crops. Um, yeah, I guess we fight well, the locusts. I guess. I mean. How do you there's fight a, a locust? There's a billion of them. <laughs> there's a billion of them. Like, I cast Fireball. Okay, well, you've burned all their cops down. I hope you're happy. Fuck. 
Well, it's just lose lose with you guys, isn't it? <laughs> Come on, I, I killed the locust. So there's always the next year. It's like, oh, but you 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 absolutely destroyed everything. That the it will nothing will grow here ever again. You functionally salted the earth. And you like, like a, a salty fireballs. That, that <laughs> salty fireballs. Yes, <laughs> extra salt. Um. Yeah. Uh. I'd, I'd say creating a setting is a much more time-intensive project up front. Um, but once a setting is created, you could potentially play within that anything. setting anything for many, many years. I know some uh, GMs who have been playing in the same world since, like, the 90s. And, and here's and the it's thing, right? 2022. Your <laughs> setting, setting is basically, like, Think of it as a investment that as the longer you play in it and the more you play in it, the more quote-unquote valuable it becomes because essentially what's going on is that you're adding to it, you're adding to it, you're adding to it, you're adding, like every single game you play in it, you're adding an additional story to it, you're fleshing out further and further. And what that means is that essentially the best way to handle stuff is generally speaking, generally, um, when working on a setting is you'll, you're probably going to have one main one for uh, each genre that you like each kind of setting that you want but very often you're just going to end up sticking to the main ones that you've created and the small ones are just going to be like a lot less fleshed out because the main ones will be so detailed in, in a way that you just can't get with without investing years and years. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, like that's what happens whenever you have player characters that are in the same cities for months on end. That character or that that city develops character. That the characters will generally make changes to it. They'll know people there, and so it's a little different going to a place you've never been to before yeah. and going to a place that almost feels like home. Like it's. Like, uh, imagine if you're going overseas, right? You're just going to be like, oh, okay. Then you kind of get a surface level look at it. But let's mm-hmm. say you stay in the city for, you've been staying in the city for decades and you're like, yeah, I know where the best food is. Um, yeah, I know where the best street food is. I know who does the best laundry. I know, I know where I'll get shivved. I know the best layout. I know the layout of the roads here. I'm not going to be surprised by a fucking a random exit. Like, I know where to get my barbecue. <laughs> I know where I tripped and fell. <laughs> I know where my mom's house is. I know where, I know where your mom's I house hate. is. <laughs> I know where your mom's <laughs> house is. I know where her boyfriend's house is. He's very mean to me. <laughs> <laughs> I keep saying your mom jokes in front of him, and he keeps beating me up. <laughs> All right, so yeah, and the thing is that while it's very time intensive, I mean it's something that has to be done um, to some extent. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there are ways to write stories without settings. I'm I'm fairly certain, but those are very avant-garde. <laughs> well, I mean, you can also technically like write a story that the setting work that you've done to create it is very minimal, right? Um, It's not important that 
characters necessarily oh, yes. know all the details of everything I mean, or anything like that. If you, if you think about it, you can write a thing where it's like, ah, yes, you are in the city of city, and uh, this is the cult, 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 and they're <laughs> killing people, and that's all you really need to know. Right. And you, and you can go a little bit deeper than that, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'd, I'd say, like, um, with with the setting, you want to kind of generally know at, ahead of time. When you're creating a setting, you kind of want to have many stories in mind for it, right? Like, you you want something to be able to happen in all the cities you create. Uh, yeah, many, many stories being told all at once. Everything, everywhere, all at once. The movie. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to you want to mention about the uh, telling a story versus making a setting? Um, I think it's very much a case of, um, generally speaking, while stories and settings uh, ultimately are quite similar in the fact that they are there to help you convey a you know a story like a narrative right yeah you need to have both of them in place like some level of each to tell it well and you know if you're not very good at telling a story like i'm not very good at writing stories but if you have a solid setting um and you convey the setting well enough um it's still gonna be fairly interesting people are still gonna enjoy it if you have mm-hmm. a very good story and you maybe have don't have such a detailed setting, that's also fine because people are going to get drawn by the story and it's not going to really matter how detailed your setting is. It's just generally speaking, work on your um, world, your writing and your uh, narratives and what, like, as long as you put that effort in, I think people are going to enjoy what they say. Yeah, find yourself a happy medium. Uh, not everyone is going to be world builders extraordinaires. And not, and not everyone is going to be able to put together a one-shot. Yeah, I, and not everyone's going to be the one who writes the next great American novel. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I cannot for the life of me write a one-shot. I have yet to write a one-shot that has ever been successfully resolved in a single session. They've all turned into like three shots, four shots, or like entire campaigns. Josh sucks. <laughs> it's because I'm terrible at drawing and writing one shots. You know, you need to just write like my favorite one shot way of the way of writing one shots is this. Be like, huh, kill this thing. Okay, you killed the thing. Congratulations, you solved the issue. <laughs> Congratulations, the one shot is now over. Um yeah, I can't write a one-shot to save my life, but I, I'll write a setting. I'll write settings for hours. I'll write entire settings stories for hours. They're, they're great. Good shit. Good shit. But yeah, find a happy medium that works for you, that works for your players, that works for your narrative, um, and mix and match as needed. Uh, the, the, at the end of the day, setting the setting is a tool. It's a toolbox. It's a, it's a box tool. It's a box tool. Uh, the, the setting is a tool for you to use to convey the, the the plot, right? And the plot exists to explore the setting. So you kind of need you kind of need both them bad boys in there. I think that's our final thought. All right. Stop thinking. No okay. more. <laughs> no more. No more thinking. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Rifts and Realms. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Two stars, loads a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, only access episodes, and even input on Rifts and Rules topics. Find us on social media on Twitter at Podcast. Join our Discord every month we have a hangout session on the last Saturday of the month, where you can speak with cast. The link is in the description below. And you can send us an email podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. No more thoughts. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.